Hello and welcome to SEO SAS. You are joined with myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at LikeMind Media. And with me, I have Hannah Wellings, SEO manager at Soak.com. We'd like you to think of us as the GI Janes of the SEO world. Each week we pick a topic and we discuss, debate. Yes, sometimes we may not see eye to eye on certain subjects. This show is brought to you by the team at LightMind Media. LightMind Media helps clients find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, video, content, or even podcasts just like this one. We're using their podcasting equipment right now. They're super lovely people who take time to understand your business and think like you. Hannah, hello. Hi. How are we doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, feeling quite awake today. It's kind of that post-Christmas lull where I don't really know what day it is or who I am anymore. Oh, Oh, getting deep, getting deep there. <laughs> Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, really nice, thank you. Ate far too much. Yeah, played a bit, little bit too much Articulate. I don't think I've ever heard of Articulate. <laughs> it, it's good. Um, it does depend who you're playing it with. <laughs> oh, okay. So you've got to pick your competitors. <laughs> yeah, there was, uh, there was an instance yesterday where one younger family member kept shouting the same answer and got told there's no it doesn't matter how many times you say it it's still wrong <laughs> see I get told that and I'm a grown woman so uh yeah we uh played exploding kittens wow I know the name is ridiculous but basically it's a card game oh. where there's a card that you really don't want because it's the exploding kitten and obviously uh. you're dead um but what did Santa bring you um I got a new hat a new hat <laughs> I love my new hat um I also got an SLR a DSLR camera very um, swish yeah, which is probably a bit more impressive than the hat but I do really love the hat <laughs> I bet Dom's thinking damn I should have just stuck with the hat <laughs> no. how about you I got very spoiled I got tickets to see Lion King wow which is very exciting got some perfume got money got a swazzy new jacket uh, which is my new fave now wow. chocolates Christmas socks. <laughs> it's the first time I said that I got money. First time I've ever owned a £50 note. Wow. I know. I know they still did those. They Well, they do. <laughs> they do. And a, a little bit of me was like, is this Monopoly money? But no. <laughs> but no. Okay. So seeing is it's the end of December coming into the beginning of January, we thought that this podcast should look into the trends for 2019 for SEO because that seemed like a logical place it does seem logical and we are all logical people most of the time (laughs) we try to be we try to be (laughs) so yeah I've been doing some research and basically I've got a list of things that we as SEOers or business owners should be focusing on and doing in 2019 cool sounds good so Let's start with the list. So at the start, mobile first index. Yeah, okay. So I'll let you go ahead with this one. So kind of hit the world of SEO in, I think it was May last year. Well, this year still. May 2018. Getting confused. Mm. Um, and You did say you didn't know what time <laughs> it was. What year it is, never mind what day it is. Um, and this basically meant that Google would start crawling the mobile version of your website before it crawled anything else, if it even did crawl anything else. So in some B2B websites where mobile perhaps isn't used as much, you don't really get any mobile traffic, it would still usually decide to crawl the desktop version. Um, but in, I don't know, just guess 99% of the time, des- desktop isn't crawled and mobile is, which means that anything that you have on your desktop site, which isn't on your mobile site, is pointless. It's quite alarming how many sites that I stumble across that are still not mobile friendly. Yeah. 
I think even e-commerce sites, some of them, it's just how frustrating it is to try and order something yeah. by putting it into your basket and then going back to the basket or anything like that. It's just so difficult on mobile sometimes if it's not mobile friendly. It's and the amount of traffic from mobile for anything, really. And it's just a wasted opportunity because there'll be so many people who will just click straight yeah. back off again because exactly. they're like, well, this isn't easy to use. Yeah. I can't easily add stuff to my basket. I can't. It's- and we'll go into sort of trust factors later on, but I don't know about you, but whenever I go onto a website like that, I think this can't be a very good company. Yeah. I don't really want to buy from these people because of their rubbish website. Yeah, they're not up to date. Yeah, so. but then if I'd have gone on desktop, it might have been amazing. But I'm not going to go on desktop. Because <laughs> you just won't. I just won't. <laughs> Okay, so second on our list is page speed. And I think we've spoken about page speed quite a lot in the past. Yes. But it is, again, was it September or August? Yeah, this year. I think it was August. Um, yeah. But basically, yeah, so Google focused heavily on page speed. And I think the benchmark is pages should load within two seconds. Yes, yeah, so I think there was a quote from John Mueller that said, basically, if, if it takes longer... Then two seconds for a page to load, we're probably just not going to crawl it. In not in those words, obviously, as usual, but the gist of it is if, if it takes longer for a crawler to for the page to load more it's than not two gonna. seconds, a human's not going to wait. Exactly, exactly. And that's a really... And also, and it kind of links us back to being mobile friendly, but you've got to think of your... So when people are on mobile, they're using 3G... 2G and sometimes they have like H plus and never really understand what that stands for but it basically means that internet speed is like really really slow non-existent ah. um so then that links back because obviously um a desktop and laptop can handle a lot more like it can download yeah. things at a quicker rate than what a mobile can so you have to bear that in mind so things that slow down page speed is javascript yeah zoom on images images in general so if you've got large images on your website that can slow down music video yeah so you've got to bear that in mind and think of it from a mobile so if someone is on mobile how is their experience going to be affected by that and there's ways around it so if you don't know how it works within your business but I know that you have, so in soap.com, you work with web designers and web developers, don't you? In-house. Yep. Um, so obviously you'll be telling them we need to... Yeah, so if, I reckon, if I've realised that, if I've crawled the site and there's a page which is really, really slow, potentially bringing down the page load speed um, in, in, in an average for the whole site, then I'll sort of say, what's, on, what's wrong with this page? Luckily, I don't really have to do that very mm. often. And to be honest, I think I've just done it once before and then that problem's now fixed. But... Um, you can usually just crawl a site and realise, okay, these are the pages that are bringing it down. Take a look at those pages. What's yep. the common de- denominator on that page? Also use Google's Page Insights because that's really handy. It will give you quick fixes. Again, some of it's technical, but some are as easy as compress your images. Yep. So basically a handy tool that I always use is Tiny JPEG. I use this. So before uploading any picture or image to the website put it run it through tiny jpeg it compresses the size not the quality doesn't do anything with the quality but again like little things like that can help speed top tip top tip there we go (laughs) okay so this is a bit of an interesting one brand as a ranking factor Uh, so gary Ilias, a little secret we did have to research how to pronounce his last name because (laughs) we're like oh that's a bit exotic yeah it's one of those google webmasters that you've heard of so many times but by reading about it. Yeah, you never re- listening. You yeah. never really know how to pronounce it. 
Gary is um, a Google Webmaster Trends Analyst and at PubCon this year he stated that Google uses online brand mentions in its search algorithm and there's two ways that it can use a brand as a ranking signal. So one of those is through unlinked brand, brand mentions. Um, so that's where Google learns that your brand's an entity on its own and by further analysing all of the properties mentioning the brand, Google gets a better picture of your authority in a particular field. So if you think about how backlinks work, if, if it's linking to your site, if a, if a relevant website is linking to your site, it's, it's a very similar thing, except they're not linking, they're just mentioning you. There's, there's not a link there, it's just putting you in, on, in a level of authority just by talking about you. Um, and then secondly, each component's sentiment and context matters. So that's sort of brand reputation, trust, advertising, and whether you solve complaints well, and through the, that sort of context, Google learns to tell the good from the bad. So for example, in the search quality guidelines, it states that reputation matters for rankings. And so sentiment around brand mentions can affect a site's rankings. This, so think about whether um, you're, if, if you've got Google reviews, very basically, and you've got some really bad ones on there compared to some really good ones, that's a really good starting point. Mm. Make sure you get those reviews or that's the first way it's even going to measure sentiment. So a little sort of action plan uh, around this is backlinks are still a strong ranking signal. Cater to your reputation. Try to address the customer's points with your brand. Find influencers ready to talk about you. So have you ever dealt with any influencers? I actually used to be an influencer myself. Oh, check you out. <laughs> Is this a little plug right now? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so I, I used to have a, an account on Instagram called Protein Bar Guide. I remember this. Yes. Because um, so many times you made me try rank <laughs> protein bars that were disguised as a cookie or a chocolate bar or a flapjack. Yeah. And I just wanted the real thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, and to be honest, the reason I closed it down in the end was because I got really fed of protein bars. <laughs> but that was after trying about 400 of them. And I did get sent some freebies. And I would talk about certain brands and people would actually message me and say, which ones would you recommend? This is the kind of thing that I like. Can you give me an idea of the kind of thing I should get? And then I would comment back. And that's where you'd get these brand mentions, but they'd be via Instagram. And I didn't really take it any further. If I'd got a blog, for example, then that mm. would have been really useful to get the same sort of brand mentions that Google's talking about. Cool. Maybe we get an influencer SEO person in as a guest. Maybe yeah, that. If, if you are one of those people, yes. please let us know. Let us know. We'd love to. And then look at your competitors. By reverse engineering their strategies, you will look at your own SEO efforts holistically. I love that word. <laughs> I think I, this is the second time I've yeah. said that word. Sarah's, <laughs> Sarah's favourite. So for that, look at comp competitors' brand mentions to see how they grow awareness or go for a deep analysis of your competitors strengths and weaknesses and whenever so with seo one key thing is your competitors so yeah. always look at what your competitors are doing because you can learn so much you can learn what they're doing well yeah, what strategies. they're not doing so well yeah. do you know what I mean and yeah so they might be going for a certain niche for example and then maybe you want to go for that niche as well just to sort of wipe them off the plate mm. um, but then maybe you want to go for your own niche at the same time so that you're getting a bit of a competitive advantage very good Hannah <laughs> um, I don't know why I just sound like a teacher <laughs> I appreciate it <laughs> another thing to look at in 2019 is Amazon yeah, so this obviously is nothing new. Um, it's just continually continuing to take over the world. Yes, so basically more and more people go straight to Amazon rather than searching in Google for red slippers, for yeah. example. Um, sometimes I wonder where I get stuff for my red <laughs> slippers. Why? Christmas maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, so rather than going to Google and searching for red slippers, I'll go straight to Amazon and then search within the platform. I am one of those people at the minute. 
Oh, are you and Amazon? I've got uh, Amazon lover. Prime. And because it's so easy, I will just order everything. So, for example, the other day I was looking for a gift for somebody. And um, there are several components of that gift. So, I first of all... Is this my birthday present? It's actually your birthday present. <laughs> no, no seriously. This is why I'm not going into what it is. So, I looked for the first part of I'll it. I'll get it out of the people. <laughs> I looked for the first part of it um, on Google. And one of the results in the shopping was on Amazon. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go on Amazon. And then from there, I never left. I just Googled everything else Googled via Amazon, which um, doesn't make sense. But yeah, I searched on Amazon. The world doesn't make else. sense. Honey. And it just, it was just easy to do it that way. So obviously when you are optimizing for Amazon, it's a little bit different to Google. Um, but obviously we won't get too much into that on this podcast because again, that's a whole subject in itself. And it'll there be, are specialists. And there are specialists. That, I think yeah. um, at Brighton SEO, there was a guy whose thing was Amazon SEO yeah, expert yeah. sort of thing. So I'll maybe try and Get, hunt him down and get yes. him on so there's also another search conference up in Leeds where it's run by um I think somebody who specializes in Amazon SEO so if anybody's interested in that let us know and we can give you that information cool so next on the list is featured snippets yep. the easiest way to explain what a featured snippet is is so sometimes when you do a search on google a little box will appear at the top and it will take form of a short paragraph it can have a picture in there um, sometimes bullet point list yep. so if it's like how to build a house <laughs> not that you could do that in eight steps or, or anything uh, but if like how to's and steps um sometimes in a feature snippets you'll get like a bullet and a little i think i've given this tip before yeah uh, but i'm going to say it again it's a good one just to hammer it into people's <laughs> minds but whenever you're writing content always do more than eight bullet points because google can only show eight so if you are, um, if you've listed more, Google will put like dot, 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 yep. meaning it's you're missing. click through. Yeah. Whereas if uh, you've only got eight, Google's showing it. So then there's no point for that person to click through to your site. Exactly. So keynote speaker from Brighton SEO was Ram Fishkin and he made a very good point. Yes, he did. And it was really interesting. So basically he was saying that um, with Google taking over search there's really no point in us having our own websites to an extent because google will just show a user exactly what they need so what it will do is it will take snippets it will take information from from everybody's websites but present it on google search results yeah so a lot of the time you'll be searching for something and this is so true i was looking for um, a triathlon watch not for me um but for dom and i was gonna say if that's my birthday present you don't know me at all <laughs> Um, and I'd, I was looking at it and all you could see was reviews for it and where you could buy it from and uh, I don't know just top tips and all, so much information and I didn't actually kick onto any retailer websites because you didn't need to no exactly so for example my more than eight bullet points that's a way that you're telling Google screw you Google I'm onto <laughs> what you're doing that's it and that's and there's give like, you something but just enough yeah like entice entice people second point is structured data now a little bit of a caveat do you call it a caveat yes me and hannah aren't very very technical so again we need where's dom <laughs> no, let's get him back on. let's get him back <laughs> so with structured data you're basically marking up the page to tell google what that page is about so rather than leaving it to google to come on and crawl and understand it itself, you are marking it up and saying whether it 
it's an event, Mm -hmm. if it's in a review, authors, like who's written that content sort of thing, brand, so you can get your brand in there. So rather than leaving it to Google to understand it itself, you're saying, hey, Google, this is what the page is about. Yeah, if we go for the event example, imagine you've got a page where you're trying to promote a networking event, but you don't want to say... H1, networking event. You want to actually use exactly what it is. You don't want to put networking event in there too much. But if you use it in the structured data Mm. and you say this page is all about an event, it is an event page. It's just a big tick in the box for Google. And if you are a bit of a novice when it comes to this sort of thing, I think Google actually have a tool where it helps you um, come up with the markup. Obviously, be a bit careful. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, test it first. Test it first, yeah, because obviously if you're new to this area, you don't want to be doing stuff that's too out of your area of expertise because you could be doing something that you think, right, this makes sense and this makes sense to me, but you might be doing it wrong. So for example, whenever you're putting any code in for Google, you need to be careful where you're putting it in your code. So you you always have to put it in the head bit rather than the body. What is the name of the tool? (laughs) The name of the tool? Schema, schema schema.org. So that is the tool. Yeah, check it out. If you've got any questions, please don't ask us. (laughs) Please (laughs) ask Google. And just something which we know a little bit more about. user experience yes so user experience should be fundamental to absolutely everything that you do there used to be a point where sort of ux guys and seoers kind of sort of know fought against each other and said no seo is more important ux is more important but there really is no more important they just go hand in hand yeah they work really well together and i think everybody now must have a really good knowledge of both or at least a solid understanding because you can't really do seo without ux Definitely not, because fundamental to Google is user experience, because ultimately Google wants you to use them. They don't want you to use Yahoo or Bing or what was that one? Babamboo? Baidu. Baidu, that one. Sorry, I could not remember what that was called. Babamboo. Yeah, so... Basically, it's going to focus on its experience because he, Google wants users to Just come as back. Just as much as we want them. Yeah. yeah. And if, if they're giving users a bad experience, yeah. people are going to go to exactly. the Bambaboo. Like, <laughs> like these websites that aren't mobile friendly. Mm. It's going back to that again. Just like that, just like that protein bar website that I was on, because I still order a few of them, which isn't mobile friendly, I will just go straight off of that and I won't go back to it. I'll find a better one. Google's exactly the same. It doesn't want you to go off Google to Bing and continue to use Bing forevermore. Um, I'm betting that some of our listeners have used like a WordPress theme yep. or some or a Wix theme uh, to do their own website. So a little point, because obviously if you go down the route of using a web design agency obviously they know what they're doing or you hope that they know what they're doing um but if you've done it yourself a little tip is um see if your mum or grandma can easily navigate around your website so give them a task like try and find these red slippers (laughs) linking i'm so smooth i've got these red slippers on my site so try and find them yeah and that's a night because if they can't then you know that the user experience and that sorry one more point, because I knew that you were just wanting to say something. Uh, but there's a three-click rule. So generally speaking, if someone can't find what they're looking for within your website within three clicks, we're lazy. We're going to be like, well, this is a shit website. I'm going to go elsewhere. So test it, test it and check things work, check things are clunky. And most of the times people use Flash or fancy things like uh, scrolling, what do you call them? 
Oh yeah, yeah, carousels. Your, yeah. Carousels, thank you, Hannah. <laughs> um, to make things look nice, or um, they'll use like fancy boxes that to expand. But just like double check that they're actually working. Yeah. Because and also what um, and I think it goes back to the mobile first index. Make sure you made the point. Some things can work really well on desktop, but not so much on mobile. Absolutely. So yeah. it's all about the user experience. Yep. We honestly could go on about this for, I don't know, three podcasts in a row. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's challenge. Challenge Hannah and Sarah how much they can talk about user experience. Okay, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> I think we'll uh, lose some followers and it's listeners. It's happening. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, have we covered anything, everything on your user experience? Well, no, not at all. Oh. I think we should move on because, like you say. <laughs> One more thing. One more thing and that's it. With you, a really nice handy tip of user experience is um, people like faces. So if you've got a call to actions, say for example, you've got an event and you've got like the register here button, put a face next to it because people relate to humans. Or another clever tip, if you're an e-commerce site and I'm going to say it again, you're selling red slippers. (laughs) If you point the slipper in the direction of the buy button people are more likely oh I didn't know that That's I know it's really like nice. or say for example you've got earrings yeah and you've got like a model wearing them if you have the model looking at the button people will follow <laughs> it sounds ridiculous but it went amazing they did some research it was at Brighton SEO this is why guys you need to get out there you need to go to conferences and events and read stuff because something sound stupid yeah and not necessarily even to do with seo but actually it all links together it does definitely definitely does right should we definitely move on from user (laughs) experience now um so voice search voice search is already massive it's only going to become bigger so this is where i've got some interesting stats oh um so hannah loves the stat (laughs) from a really cool word stream article so comscore have said that 50 percent of all searches will be voice searches by 2020 cool gartner says that by the same time same time sorry same time that's going to be Scottish there, wasn't I? 30% of all searches will be done without a screen by 2020. Oh, okay. And Google says that... 40- Don't believe them. <laughs> 41% of people who own a voice-activated speaker say it feels like talking to a friend or another person. Yes, and I think when voice first came, people were a bit conscious of talking to their phones or... Yeah, so maybe it felt a bit silly. Yeah, um, but I think because... It's just about adopting a new way, isn't it? And I think more and more people are feeling less and less silly about talking. Because you've got your Alexas in your home. And I'm really sorry for those who have got Alexas because I've just set them off now, haven't I? (laughs) Hey, Alexa. Hey, Alexa. (laughs) But the way that those work now as well. Hey, Alexa, subscribe to SEO SAS. I think people feel less silly because they are friendly back. So yes. I, I will use Siri occasionally. And if, for example, it doesn't quite get what I'm trying to say, which is a couple of times uh, quite recently, um, then I'll be just sort of, oh, never mind, or I'll get annoyed back and it'll be like, that's not very nice. And then you do feel tiny bit bad that yeah yeah and if you say thank you very much normally quite happy and that kind of thing so the way that it behaves like a human makes you feel a bit less silly about talking to it like and when you're um optimizing for voice you've got to think of how people interact so you've got your longer tail keywords exactly um so rather than your short keywords like what what phrases are people searching for and a really nice tool for this is answer the public again I think I've spoken about this before but that will give you loads of long tail keyword suggestions that you can use so anything else on voice um just to 
treat it with a pinch of salt really so yes it's going to be really important for everybody but don't get massively hung up about keywords make sure that it's just all still natural because that's how people are talking to voice search devices definitely 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 okay we're getting to the end of our list links i've had this conversation so many times with different people there is the myth that some people believe that links are just I think it's the not way, important anymore, but they are still the bread and butter. It's the way people do it. Either you do it right or you do it wrong. If you do it wrong, don't expect any results. Listen to Hannah, wise <laughs> words. So yeah, like obviously bad linking techniques are going to hinder, like you said, but yeah. if you're doing it naturally and it's you're still focusing on the user experience and your content yeah, rather than just getting a link for a link's sake, then... Google, Google's not going to penalise you for that. Exactly. Think about it. If you went, if Google didn't exist and you wanted something to link back to your site, you'd want it almost as a referral, wouldn't you? Yes. Well, that's what you should be thinking about. What else can we get out of this? What's the joined up approach I can think about with this link? Is there going to be anything else come from it or is it just going to be this standalone link? Exactly. So make it as natural as it can be, make it as relevant as it can be and it shouldn't let you down. Exactly. And never, ever pay. <laughs> yeah, do not don't pay for links. Pay for links. It's just not worth it. <laughs> You're so, prostituting your pages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you're making them cheap way. and nasty. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to make your website cheap and nasty, no. do you? <laughs> <laughs> Which leads nicely on to the next point. Yes. Um, so eat. Yes. You probably remember always remember to eat because <laughs> that's how you stay alive. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, we've not gone crazy. So eat stands for expertise authoritativeness or authority <laughs> and trust trustworthiness so this this comes out of an update from google last year well say last year 2018 mm. not so long ago and it released guidelines which said we all need to focus on these things and there's so many examples of what they are but if you think about it does is what you're putting on your website is the, is the content on there showing that you've got expertise in it mm. so whether it's um i don't know how to cure runner's knee have you got an author on there that actually knows what they're talking about when you can say they've got a phd or yeah. something like that or is it a product and actually have you got the information about whether it's energy efficient whether it turns itself off or i don't know whether it glows in the dark have you got all of that information that makes it look like you are the expert in that either product or article um authority very similar thing do you have the authority to talk about that this is where the links come back in this is where the branded mentions come back mm. in this is where your about us page comes in to say actually yes yes and it is really key to have an about us because some people might think there's no point having an about us page on our website because no one really reads it no one really cares about the company they just want the end product or service and that is not true in the slightest because people do their research yep. on especially if they've not bought from you before yeah or whether um, it's something like your money or your life exactly. so whether it's an accountant or a law firm or a bank or something like that and google can learn a lot from an about us page so if i don't know say um you're part of an organization yep. that helps your authority how many years in business yeah accreditation accreditations whether you're regulated you all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, it needs to in. go somewhere yeah. and then that obviously links to trust exactly and there's there's so much you can say about trust and, and trust you can fill in anywhere really in terms of it can be as simple as having reviews on products or yeah. services case studies or it could be that actually your tone of voice where you say actually yes of course you can return things we're always happy to help you yeah and actually giving people an easy way to return or make a customer complaint because then that's going to help with your trust exactly because then they know that because as consumers when we're buying from the internet there's 
there's a bit of vulnerability, isn't there? Like, Absolutely. You don't know, like, you're going to give your money, are you going to get that product back? Exactly. So if, or are your bank details going to be Exactly, selling? exactly. So if, if you're given a clear way of this is how you make a complaint, this is how you get returns, yeah. do you know what and I mean? And you've got reviews from actual people that say this is a good company, delivery was on time, really good service and their product's amazing. And also, you've got to think of it on the other side. So if someone hasn't had a good experience with your service or product, it does happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't you can't help it sometimes. But if that person gets frustrated because there's no easy way to get in contact with you, yeah. that's when they hit Twitter yes. and Facebook. And, leave a bad and that's where they shame your brand. Exactly you get your branded mentions in a really negative way yeah exactly so and that's just because of frustration because they they couldn't find a way to easily yeah whereas if you'd had it on your website you'd have avoided all the negativity and you'd have shown that you've got the trust factors in place exactly Okay, so if you're a regular listener of SEO SAS, you will know that each podcast we do a little feature where we basically quiz each other and the loser has to do a forfeit would you like to tell our listeners what this week's forfeit is? Um, so we have a nine kilogram kettlebell. That sounds heavy. And we're going to squat. Oh. I say we, I mean one of us. Yes, we're not. Or we could share the forfeit together because <laughs> Christmas is about sharing. Yeah, but going into the new year, aspirations oh. and all that. Competitive talk. <laughs> um, so this week's feature we have stolen from Google. Oh, it's so, a nice change. <laughs> So basically, Google have looked at trends. So most searched phrases, keywords, and put it into a little quiz. Trust you to find this. Yes. Sounds great. So basically, I will give you two options, and you have to tell me which was searched more. Okay, I'm feeling nervous about this. Come on then. Let's see how you do. (laughs) Which out of these two were searched more? IQ or EQ? I'm going to say EQ. The next one? Kiki challenge or what the fluff? I really want to say what the fluff. <laughs> See, I've heard of the Kiki challenge. Yeah, I've not heard of either of them. I just prefer what the fluff. <laughs> what the, Kiki challenge is the um, that song, and there's like a dance challenge or something by, um, by Drake. Yeah, yeah, no, something, I'm something like that. <laughs> so, which off limits item trended more? Band jute or band straws? Straws. Healing clay or healing crystals? Healing clay. I like the sound of that. I've never heard of it. Which fizzy water brand was searched for most? La Croix or Spindrift? La Croix. Sounds like aqua, doesn't it? La Croix. I like your thinking. This one's a bit funny. So which eclipse was searched more? The lunar eclipse or total eclipse of the heart? See, I think lunar happened this year, so I'm going to go for lunar. Which animal meme was searched the most? Bongo cat or baby shark? Baby shark. Okay, so with the World Cup 2018, did people search France versus Croatia more or England versus Croatia more? Oh man, if I get this one wrong, it's going to be so bad. I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm right because I did actually watch some of this and I'm going to be super positive. It was England versus Croatia. People okay. were interested in. Let's hope. Let's yeah. hope so. Top searched emoji. Was it thinking, poop, or shrug? See, I can only go based on what I do, and the only one that I use out of those is thinking. The thinking one. See, I would. I think I would say the poop one. <laughs> and then the final question. So, which diet was searched more? Whole thirty, keto, or paleo? 
Paleo. No, 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 that's not my answer. I'm just, paleo, do you mean? Oh, so paleo. <laughs> yes, paleo. Um, that's, that's just describing me. Um, Kato. Kato. Okay. You did all right. You did. You got six. Yeah. Out of ten, which means that I have to do the forfeit. Well, I didn't want to say anything, but you look like you could do with the exercise. <gasps> that is very mean. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I take it back. But get ready to squat. Are you counting down? I am. Right. Ten. No, my knees clip. <laughs> no. Nine. Eight. I have been trying to work on my squat position. <laughs> Seven. Very good. Six. Five. Come on, you can go faster than that. Four. I really can't. <laughs> Three. Loads of rest in between. <laughs> Two. It's about four, Hannah, not speed. <laughs> One. Well, that was a very un-SEO thing that I said then, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. So thank you very, very much for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as we have. If you would like to see footage of Sarah squatting, then no, <laughs> no one really. ever wants to see that. <laughs> um, but please get in touch. Leave us a five-star review if you're if you're very, very nice. Um, contact us via LinkedIn or you can email Sarah directly at... Sarah at likemind.media or my Twitter handle is Sarah McDuck. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully you've, you've enjoyed today's episode. Yes. And yeah. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Happy, happy New Year.